Hi there, my name is Alex Faust and you're listening to Conversations at the Edge. Each week we meet with the top business thought leader to learn what they think we should be prioritizing to build better businesses, positively impact our communities, and scale up. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, depending on what part of the world you are joining us from. My name is Alex Faust, your host of Conversations at the Edge, and very grateful to be back for the second time this week uh, with a brand new guest, Gina Melicone Long, who, if you're not familiar with her work, helps people get what they want. She is an international best-selling author, compelling speaker, and peak performance coach with a mission to reveal greatness in individuals, teams, and organizations. So Gina, welcome to Conversations at the Edge. And where are you calling in from today? Uh, today, I'm in Whistler. You know, and as a, as a peak performance expert, I'm curious how you define peak performance. So it's funny, when I, uh, when I was thinking about this, um, basically, peak performance is whatever is just slightly out of your grasp at that particular point in time. So it's not a static place that you get to. It's a moving target, right? You know, it, even and, and one of the things to consider, you know, life kind of goes like this. Um, sometimes when you feel like you're, you're in the down cycle, um, you can think about the fact that this down cycle is probably still higher than a peak. 10 years ago or 20 years ago. And so, um, you know, at this, when I was trying to define this, I discovered that the Greek word acme means peak or highest point. And I don't know if you've ever hiked or done anything like that, but one of the things I always jokingly say is when we get to the peak, when we're hiking, if you look in the distance, there's always another peak and it's always higher, right? And so it's this idea of, pushing past where you currently are to the next thing in your reach, getting there, and then noticing there's another one in the distance. You know, if there's always another peak in the distance, um, how are you recommending that leaders kind of like enjoy the, the journey, relish in the winds of, you know, that, that moment in time of peak performance when it's actually achieved before you're chasing the next peak? Well, so, so two things to think about there. One is my my undergraduate degree is in engineering. And so part of what, what makes what I do a little bit different than other people is I've tried to turn performance into a process. And I know how much coaches love processes and templates. And so, so if you can get good at the process, then you're more likely to be able to enjoy the journey because because the process of achieving that peak, whatever is the next peak, should be the same every time. The content will obviously be different every time, but the process itself should be the same. And so then it's just a matter of optimizing the process. And when you get to the peak, you know, you sort of have your little celebration, however you do that, um, and, and enjoy that plateau till you are compelled. And usually it's desire that's the indication it's time to start moving again. So a desire for something else is sort of like when you say goodbye to the, to the last peak and move on to the next peak. But the, there's no sort of set thing, but the process, what you'll notice if you are really meticulous and take out all the content is the process is always the same. And it's, it really does start with a desire for something new. So let's talk a little bit more about the process. Your process is called the ACME method or ACME process. Can you give us the 10,000 foot view of, of how it works? 
Yeah, sure. So the ACME coaching framework is, um, first of all, it's not another coaching program. It's, it's meant to enhance all performance, all coaching. So all coaches, regardless of whether they're business coaches, sport coaches, health coaches, doesn't matter. So anybody who's in the process of assisting other people to get the most out of whatever they're doing, which oftentimes is someone in an organization that doesn't call themselves a coach, right? They're still trying to get other people to perform at their peak. Um, what they don't realize is that it's it's um, it's all kind of the same thing. So ACME means uh, Greek word for peak performance. We turned it into an acronym called Accelerated Change Mechanisms of Excellence because all increased performance is essentially change. What you're trying to do is change one state to the next, right? Whether you call yourself a coach or you're the leader of a team, what you're trying to do is get you know, X percent growth or whatever you're trying to do. And that's change from where you are. But very few leaders, very few coaches understand the process of change itself. So what we did was we created mechanisms to help people understand how to navigate what they're actually doing, which is changing versus the minutia of what they're doing, which is particular to their industry, their company, or whatever type of coaching they might do. Right. All of that is particular, but the processes are the same across the board. And it doesn't matter if you're a hard up business coach, like a straight up business coach or a business leader or even a sport coach or whatever. It's all even the um, head of a family. Right. Somebody who's leading a household is is executing the same things, which is getting us from where we are to where we want to be. Yeah. So, you know, if it starts with change, most people claim to like change, but when change is happening, it's very uncomfortable. Um, so how do you get past that barrier of discomfort to begin and start moving towards change? So here's the thing. When you're in the comfort zone, so one of the first mechanisms in our, we have seven mechanisms, right? The first one is called the process of change. And in the process of change, you're sort of, it sort of starts out, you're in the comfort zone. And what initiates movement out of the comfort zone is a desire, right? I want to reach for something else. Now, here's what people need to get, and it's very blunt. The minute you step into that desire, you step out of your comfort zone. By definition, you will be uncomfortable because that's the definition. The comfort zone is where you're comfortable, and everything outside of this boundary is discomfort. So straight out of the gate, what I say to my private clients or students or coaches or whatever just accept the fact you're going to be uncomfortable. But but would you be willing to be uncomfortable if it meant that at some point you would develop the skills and coping mechanisms, strategies, and whatnot to have the thing you want? Most people would say, yes, I would be willing to endure this discomfort. Think about hiking up a mountain. I use that metaphor a lot. I mean, hiking up a mountain, sometimes I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm literally, I'm, you know, my legs are burning. I'm so uncomfortable. Well, why do we keep doing it? Because the payout at the top is so is worth it. And when you stand up there and look out over the mountains or the lakes or whatever you're there for, it was worth it. So you trade off. Like you can stay in your comfort zone. I want to be crystal clear. This is not a better than, worse than situation. There's nothing wrong with living life in your comfort zone. I'm not the comfort police. But I don't think the people listening to this webinar, watching this, um, would be those people. So you're going to have to endure the, the discomfort that comes from moving from one place to the next. So we move from comfort zone to mm -hmm. desire yes. to change. 
That's after that, thing. do we go? Do we go back to the comfort zone, or where do we well, go from desire? Do. Some people do because they're impatient. They don't, and and maybe they didn't watch this um, podcast, and so they they're like, "Oh, I'm uncomfortable. I, you know, maybe I should go back to the way it was." Maybe lots of people do that. Um, we all have a level of discomfort we're willing to uh, withstand before we try to scramble backwards. But but if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always had. So if you get to the point where you're like, uh, "This is as uncomfortable as I'm willing to be," because that's how I've always done it, and try to scramble backwards then you're not likely to break through. And so Winston Churchill said something fascinating, and I've I've probably attached myself to this more than any other quote. And he said, if you're going through hell, keep going. Now, hell would be defined as a period of, you know, I would imagine hell is somewhat uncomfortable. So, So if you're going through hell, keep going, he said. And I thought that's really interesting because if you persevere through the discomfort, eventually you'll break through. And, and I know that for sure. It's not me being a Pollyanna. You don't have the desire for something more unless you already have the, the base material. Like unless you already have the, the um, components of whatever it is you're trying to achieve, you won't have the desire. And I, I, I've often in my, in my learning suite, I use the story of a baby learning to walk, right? Babies don't have the desire to learn to walk until they're neurologically ready. So that's why it's not a set age. And so we don't have the desire for whatever is the next thing on our list until we're ready, until we have the components. But what we don't have is the sequence. And so that period of once you have the desire and you're in this discomfort zone that I lovingly nicknamed hell, you're looking for the sequence. And that is where um, expertise, coaching, leadership, experience plays in because if someone's ever done it before, they might have a template. And that's how you accelerate that endurance of discomfort, right? You shorten the discomfort by using a model that already works. Get to the breakthrough, and then you have the sequence, right? Is the breakthrough the point where you stood up or yeah, it happened for the first time? first three steps, the first okay. time. But as I say with the baby, you're not going to take that baby who just took three steps on their own and plop them in the busiest intersection in your town, right? right? So when you achieve something the first time, absolutely, like don't, you know, don't don't downplay it. It's a huge deal when you, you solve the Rubik's Cube the first time. But now the goal is to operate there like regular, like your new comfort zone. And that's the sort of repetitive, you know, repeating the same sequence over and over again until you can't not do it that way. You know, it's wax on, wax off for people who have seen the Karate Kid until it's, it's you know, the, the dominant pattern. Once it's the dominant pattern, then you are truly in a new comfort zone, right? That's when you can, okay, maybe crack a bottle or whatever. But it, it, the people that tend to watch your uh, podcast, the minute they get there and it's sort of, I don't want to say boring, but easy, they're now looking for the next one, right? Because that's how we are designed. We're designed to continuously seek the next peak. So I want to move to kind of the next pillar of the, the ACME model. Um, it's called the the cycle of results. And I think it's a pretty fascinating model, but I feel like it's got to, it sounds easier than I imagine it is to implement. So can you talk about what this cycle of results is and what it takes to actually move from seeking change to getting these results. And the cycle of results, basically, 
says, even though you are taught that actions produce results, and don't get me wrong, actions precede results. So you, you, I'm not going to sit here and say, you don't have to take any action, right? No, no. Action is extremely important, but people will try to change their actions to get a different result. And what the cycle of results shows is that's not the genesis of results. The genesis of results is in the mind. So in the mind, the mind body, if you will, is where results have their genesis, but we can't, you know, it's not tangible. So, so we think actions produce results. But the thing is, you know, some people throw around the word mindset, um, that that'll be sufficient. So if your mindset is inappropriate, then your choices for actions are limited. And then your results are dictated by those actions. So what we talk about is that, you know, ultimately, your mindset, your thoughts, they become your results. And, And of course, it's a lot more complex than it sounds. Um, But it is actually quite simple as well, which is if you don't change your mind, then you're going to then you're constrained to the same actions and then you're going to get the same results. So in order to get truly different results, you have to change your mind. That's the the very simple way. It's not about, oh, I don't agree with you. You know, that's not what it's about. You You can push water uphill. So you can you can change actions and get different results, but it's a ton of work versus the ease that comes from changing where the genesis is, your mind, then the results will flow through because the choices for actions will be different. And then the results will be different. How are you coaching, you know, your coaches and your leaders to change their mind? Well, that's the third, that's the third mechanism, which is the performance triad. So, so it sort of starts out like, let's recognize you're in the change business. So if you're a leader or a coach, your job is to help people change. Okay, here's the process of change. Now let's talk about, let's put it on the table. Results don't actually just come from better actions, which a lot of leaders, a lot of coaches, you know, they have templates, they have actions, and then they get frustrated. Well, why isn't my template working? Why, you know, it's a bad client. It's a bad employee. No, no, there's something missing in the execution of that tool. And so the performance um, that 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 cycle of results says acknowledge that you need a specific mindset so that that tool is accepted or it's an obvious choice. Then we go into the mind and say, well, what are the important things? And the performance triad tries to keep it to three things that are really important. People have got to focus on what they want. They've got to be in a positive emotional state, and they've got to be in a physiology of power. Then the choices for behavior will dictate the actions they take, which will bring better results. So often, and I'll tell you the key, is focus. Most people pretend to focus on what they want when they're not really focused on what they want. And that's a humdinger. You know, I I do a bit of a demonstration in a a live training classroom. You know, you can use positive sounding words because that's all the rage. Um, you, You can have goals that sound amazing. But if the, if the focus of the goal is actually away from what you don't want, if the genesis of that sentence, that word is away from, here's an example. So a lot of people in business, they have goals towards profit, towards money, toward, you know, towards something financial. So let's say it's our goal is to do a, I don't know, a plus 10% this quarter of profit, whatever. Okay. That sounds great. On the surface, you'd be like, yeah, 
but if the real genesis is if we don't do plus 10%, we're dead. So if the real genesis is away from, you know, going out of business or away from bankruptcy or away from not being able to pay the staff, if it's actually what they don't want, which is driving that, that goal, their focus is actually on what they don't want, even though their words are on, you know, positive. And we teach people how to distinguish this. And the key is the emotional state of the body, right? Now, emotions tend not to be a conversation in a business world, but they're not that complicated. They're a guidance system. When the words you're saying in the programs, the habits, the, the comfort zones, if you will, the previous comfort zones that are running you are in alignment, you'll be in a positive emotional state. Take as many actions as you can in that day. But if your words are correct, you know, it looks good plus 10%, but you're in a negative emotional state, anger, sadness, fear, hurt, guilt, whatever, it means, doesn't mean anything like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean you need counseling or something wrong with you or you should repress it or any of that, although that may be the case. It means the patterns, the, the complexity within you can't handle getting the goal and there's a disconnect and you need to develop something. And so what I tell people is if you're in a negative emotional state, stop what you're doing because you're currently pushing water uphill, right? Just stop what you're doing, handle the thing, just handle it. And, and that could be changing your focus. It could be resolving a past issue. It could be, you know, something as simple as shifting your physiology, but you have to handle it because if you take action in a negative emotional state, what you're essentially doing is pulling yourself closer to what you don't want. You know, everybody who's watching this, you're going to get where you're going. People like Alex, people like me, people like the thought leaders, we just help you get there faster and with less effort. That's the name of the game. Scaling up with less drama. That's, that's the thing. Right? Awesome. Thanks for listening to Conversations at the Edge. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share it with a friend or a teammate who you think would benefit from what we covered. In addition, you can find us on LinkedIn to get all of the updates. Or if you'd like to hear the full conversation, just visit growthinstitute.com forward slash the edge to learn how you can become a member as well. Thanks again and see you next time.